Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, and with me is my beast-level choom, Toasty. The topic for tonight's episode is the theater. Have you ever been to a live theater show? Uh, short answer, maybe? Alright, alright. Yeah, I mean, I know that I've seen a couple plays in the live theater before. I saw Much Ado About Nothing as a high schooler, which was really cool. Um, But why did we pick theater for tonight's cyberpunk topic? Because, Jen, um, we're not actually talking about Shakespeare. Um, we're talking about the Euro Theater, or also known as the European Economic Community. That makes so much more sense. And now I understand the show notes for the day. Yay! <laughs> I just oh. thumbs up. I just thumbs up. We're not even recording this live. Thumbs up means nothing. That, it means yeah. nothing. <laughs> you know. <sighs> Sometimes you, you just don't think about it. You just don't think about how it's only people listening to you right now. <laughs> so anything that has motions but not voice is pointless. I mean, sometimes eye rolls are audible. Like, you can hear... <laughs> That's true. That's. I mean, my eye rolls are audible every time Tom makes a dad joke on the Witcher Lorecast. So yeah, I guess it's fair. Yeah, I guess it's fair. Okay. So scream sheets from last week's episode, which came out a couple days early, because you and I we had such a great night, like recording the episode watching the Phantom Liberty expansion um, trailer over and over again, and just picking out all the little details. But of course, we're still working on a lot of that. So we don't necessarily have anything new to share about it tonight. Um, but there, I have a save file right before going to Arasaka, 
but with a rogue ending. And I found, I screenshotted this because I was like, there's a picture of Rogue and Johnny and a guy that I didn't recognize, but could now be considered a younger Idris Elba. So I want to look into it and see if I can find more information out about who is this man in the picture and see if I can find out if this is if if our speculation is correct and that Solomon is actually a secret identity for Morgan. Because, whew, that'd be so fun. Yeah, I, I'm sure they, like, if that is the case, we're probably not going to find a whole lot because we probably didn't want to, like, spoil anything too much, but I hope we can find something that tells us, you know, yay or nay. But, you know, this individual does look very similar, like haircut, cyberware on the face. They even had like kind of like a brown like leather jacket kind of thing going on, like Solomon did. So I, mean, I think it's the same person. It's just we're not entirely sure which person it is. Mm-hmm. And it was right next to a picture of Johnny, Carrie, and Rogue. So we know that it was within the same time frame that those pictures were taken. So yeah, probably, probably. The night of, before the performance, I would think. Before the last performance, yeah. Eh, I don't know. Carrie's hairstyle was different in the picture than what. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't dolled up for like the 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 show yet. Maybe like you know, probably just looking normal, and then they go and they get all their stuff done, and their makeup artists go crazy with them before. Before they get on stage. Go and get your hair done. Yeah. All right. So tonight we are talking more within the realm of breaking down the continents, breaking down the areas of the cyberpunk world uh, that we know about. We obviously have a lot of information about Night City, and therefore we have some information about California and the unite uh, the new United States, but I kind of wanted to focus a little bit on the other countries before we make our way back home. So, like you said earlier, we are starting in the Euro Theater, focusing mainly on the European areas. Give us some history. So uh, the period between 1990 and 2022, so kind of when a lot of like the big world events happened um, leading up to like the events that we know now, uh, we have uh, the European Economic Community, Eurotheater, EEC, goes by different names, uh, was established in 1992 along with the euro dollar, a stable currency that became the official currency of the EEC, as well as several non-European nations. Um, probably familiar with it. It's the official currency of uh, Night City, uh, Eddie's for short, <clears throat> or maybe not even short, just a nickname. Uh, it was established with zones of control and protective tariffs that were made with the intent of regulating the member nations, some of which were France, Germany, Britain, Japan, and Italy. The U.S. was the only superpower at the time not to join due to the isolationist policies of the Gang of Four. 
In order to bring the EEC into existence, the leading nations had to decide against supporting the resistance of the other European nations leading to decline in economy, which in turn led to labor uprisings and riots. Not long after, however, the the EEC exposed the manipulation and uses of sabotage the U.S. was attempting in Europe to undermine their power. This led to the crash of 94 and the collapse of the United States. In years to follow, Japan, as a growing superpower, saw corporate greed turn its government corrupt as internal powers fought against each other for control. Ten years of manipulation and mutual sabotage led to Japan being removed from the EEC in 2015. The new yen currency was established to counter the euro dollar. Exchange rate is 200 yen for one e-buck. The yen war began in Europe with Germany aiming to limit international corporations in Europe. Uh, In 2016, the EEC Council approved the construction of a tunnel between Europe and Northern Africa. The chosen route was the Strait of Gibraltar, giving the EEC full control over the area. Construction started in 2017 and was finished in 2020. Mm. All right. So, big leading world power here, and they established themselves as one, and even had like... I think it's like I said, the U.S. was the only superpower not in it. So every other world superpower at the time was in the EEC, at least for a time until they lost Japan. So, Yeah. And just like continentally, like where things are located on the world, I could see how the United States would be a little bit more isolated from that. And then that they would rely on their physically closer allies um, instead of joining with uh, Europe and Africa. But we have a pretty big gap in the history of basically what happened in Europe between 2020 and 2045. So not quite sure if we're going to find anything else out unless, you know, the like if the TTRPG releases more information about what happens during that time frame, then maybe... But right now, our next level of history jumps forward to 2045, where the Euro theater had been hurt by the Fourth Corporate War and the subsequent loss of its Euro Space Agency, a.k.a. the ESA, and its orbital colonies to the High Riders. Okay, so High Rider is a term used by the surface nations of Earth to describe the space-dwelling high-tech colonists. In return, surface-dwelling humans are called groundsiders. So the High Riders took over the orbital colonies. The High Riders have lived in orbit, independently governed by the High Rider Confederation. The World Stock Exchange and the Common Market managed to maintain a stable economy in which most of the European nations participated. However, Italy, Spain, and Greece were the exceptions to this, and all ended up suffering violent, chronic political upheavals. Of course, the international corporations still had a great deal of power, so the European nations kept the Euro business barons under control after the war. The time of rebuilding hit Europe hard, as individual nations struggled to repair the damaged financial and industrial hubs affected by the war. Due to the major economic trouble, 
massive amounts of immigration and antiquated technology, Great Britain became comparable to the U.S. in terms of dangers it presented. Yeah. Rebuilding is difficult. Yep. And, you know, it's just everything's kind of at this point of uh, this time period, the time of the red is all kind of like everything's rebuilding. So it's not really anything to like, like funnel. Everyone's kind of having to like try to bring themselves up on their own rather than like being able to rely on literally anyone for like help. Because normally I feel like a country has a hard time, but at least they have allies who can then like funnel like money or resources or something to them in their times of need and help them get back on their feet a bit easier. But if everyone's like, you know, six feet deep, essentially at this point, it's like, oh, we all got to all dig ourselves out of our own. So... So, if they had placed a video game in the 2045 era setting, it would be a resource gathering game where you've got to then manage all of your stuff and not trade with other countries. Yeah, if it's like a, I don't know if it's a Civ kind of, you know, something like that. Or it could be like similar to, you know, Fallout if you made it a first-person RPG. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. It's, it seems very this would be a Fallout game. If you're going for the resource gathering, it's it's just the, the Fallout vault game. If you're playing an actual RPG, it's just Fallout. At least for 2045. Uh, moving on to uh, you know a time period that a lot more people are more familiar with right now. 2077. Uh, in 2077, a rising sea level led to coastal flooding that hit the Netherlands and Belgium. Refugees tried to seek, seek shelter in Scandinavia by boat, but were violently refused entry when the Swedish Navy sank some ref refugee boats to pressure the rest to turn back. They blew up their ships to send them away. Like, no, 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 we don't want you. No, seriously, we don't want you. Okay, we're going to blow up your ships. Get out. Go. Get lost. Uh, as well, Switzerland announced that it had automated 90% of its military, with the exception of its officer corps. The overall goal was to slowly eliminate the need for the officer corps and reach 100% automation by 2080, so that the country could achieve true neutrality by programming the military to protect the border from threats and avoid acting violently towards neighboring countries. Damn. I mean, we all know that Switzerland is known for neutrality, but still, 100% automation? No. 99.99999% I'd be okay with, you know, like, say, but there's got to be some human element to it, right? Look, look, all I'm saying is, is that it's obvious that Switzerland has never watched Terminator. Okay, you heard of Skynet? don't matter all right you think you think you're good with your 100 percent automation and they you can program them to but you know just watch terminator that's how it all starts yeah and i mean how is the system gonna know the difference between oh i'm wearing the colors of a neighboring nation so therefore i am friend but i'm gonna sneak past your defenses because i look like friend and now i'm behind your borders it seemed like the idea was that like, it could protect the country, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't 
essentially they wouldn't fire the first shot, as it were, upon in, like other countries should something like that come up, or as like generally with the human element of things, um, that like those chances of like even just accidentally starting a conflict in like a situation like that could be a problem. I think they were trying to eliminate that entirely. Like, I mean, even just like, you know, you tell someone to like turn back and then someone like pressures you or whatever. And then you, I don't know, you get nervous and accidentally squeeze the trigger and kill someone. And then you start a war with another country, I guess. I don't know. They, they, I guess the idea of humans make mistakes, robots don't, but I don't know. See about that. I understand the concept of human make mistake, robot don't, but uh, robots still need to be overseen. Yeah. Who really knows? How about we take a little bit of a mid-break, thank our amazing patrons, uh, bring in some announcements, and then we'll move to a little bit more of, like, the political sphere of what's going on. All right, welcome to the mid-break, where we talk about everything about the podcast and nothing about the lore. A huge, major shout-out to all 15 of our patrons. You guys are amazing, and I can't wait to sit down and have a chat with you again at the end of the month. If you would like to join us in on that, it is patreon.com slash cyberpunklorecast, or of course, just type in the word cyberpunk into the, into the search bar. I'm pretty sure you'll find us. Um, you can also support the show by giving a rating on Spotify or leaving us a review on iTunes. You do that with five stars and we will read it out here on the show in the mid break. And of course, if you are looking to order dice or a dice bag or a tower or a box or even just a single D20 with a unicorn insert in it because it's mega and oversized and on sale right now. Go to MetallicDiceGames.com and use the code CPLC at checkout for a 10% off of your entire order. Uh, So that is CPLC, Cyberpunk Lore Cast. And we, Tosi and I made a decision that our schedules are kind of in flux a lot. And keeping a consistent Twitch stream schedule of making sure that we're recording at the same time every week might not work for us. We are going to keep a consistent episode release on Sunday mornings or at midnight on Sunday um, that the episodes will come out. But we're not going to be live streaming our episode recordings on Twitch anymore. And that probably means that we will not be posting anything else to our YouTube channel. Unless one of us decides that we want to start streaming our gameplay of Cyberpunk, I don't think you're going to be able to see our faces. Uh, But of course, episode recordings will still come out. And if you join in on the Patreon, it'll come out a day earlier than the Sunday release. Um, Unedited, uncut. Uh, with all of our extra little before and after chats between Toasty and I. So we are dropping the Twitch channel as of today. 
Got anything else that you want to add? Look, I mean, we, we put all the nice reasons on it. The real reason is just that Jin wanted to do the show without having to worry about pants. That's really what the problem was. <laughs> we weren't supposed just to worrying. say that. <laughs> I had to. I just had to. <laughs> it was there. I almost said myself, but I decided to go with you because the reaction was going to be better. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. And I, she, she's not denying it. She's not denying it. Just want to make that note. Just want to make that note. You know. You can see that I'm wearing a turtleneck, but you have no idea what is going on in the lower half of my body right now. Exactly. Exactly. So I just cut out quite a bit of this mid-break, but you would only get to hear that if you're a Patreon. You can join for as little as a dollar a month and get ad-free full versions raw and uncut <laughs> every time every time anything that could be said in that kind of way Jen's got to do it I have to I'm contractually obligated to make everything sound a little bit horny hey I play D&D like four times a week so I get it I get it. <clears throat> Back into the show. All right. Thanks for twi sticking around with us, even though we are no longer on Twitch. But now Toasty is going to bring us back into the world of cyberpunk and talk about the European economic community. Yeah, so like uh, the European Economic Community, also known as European Economic Area, European Community, United Europe, European Union, or simply Eurotheater, is a transgovernmental political and economic organization founded in 1992. It consisted of several major European powers, though European in name, the EEC also welcomed the possible membership of any countries beyond the European continent, especially those that were considered to have global influence. Uh, due to the state of the U.S. and their isolationist ideology at the time, however, the only significant superpower to join this union was Japan. The headquarters of the EEC is based in the Belgian city of Brussels. Mm. So, knowing my U.S. history, we've been isolationists before. That was like George Washington's whole stance on things. He was like, no, we are going to block out all other countries. We aren't going to let them influence us. And we are going to build everything that we need from the ground up. Not really taken into account who was living here already. That is a whole separate issue. But... Uh, the U.S. has had an isolationist government stance before. Yeah. Uh, the membership of the EEC encompasses all of Western Europe, with the major players being France, Benelux, which I'm not familiar with. Um, it's specifically um, the uh, Benelux is an area that consists um of the neighboring uh, states of Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Ah, that makes sense. They mished all the names together and came up with Benelux. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
uh, and Germany as well. So true to form, money plays a substantial role in how organization conducts its operations. Specifically, the overall wealth of a country determines the level of influence it represents and has in the EEC. It's a lot of big words. Okay. Specifically, the overall wealth of a country determines the level of influence its representatives have in the EEC's Euro Council. The richer the country's economy, the greater the influence. At the center of its operations is the Eurobank, one of the largest and most powerful banks in the world, with much of the EEC's economy depends on, as well as the economies of other places around the world. They are also responsible for the Euro Space Agency, or ESA, the world's largest and most advanced spacefaring organization. Now, excuse me, as I get um, Jen's soapbox uh, out for her. (laughs) Oh. I was waiting. It's the way you said it. I was like, all right, Jen's going to get on the soapbox for this one. about oh about the soapbox about like how the economy is going to run the world i actually have notes on that a little bit later oh okay okay so we wait for the soapbox all right gotcha gotcha Uh, i just i thought it was wild um yeah so i actually have a a list here um because there's quite a few of these countries um of different uh members of the eec active former associated um, a bunch of different stuff. So uh, the active members of the EEC um, include the founder countries of Austria, Benelux, Denmark, France, and Germany, and also uh, includes Greece, Ireland, Italy, Portugal, and Spain, which came a little bit after. Um, Its former members are Japan, Turkey and the United Kingdom. Associate members are the uh, countries of the of Scandinavia: so Finland, Iceland, Norway, Sweden, um, New Central Europe, uh, Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Poland, Romania, and Slovakia, um, and then a few other outliers: the Baltic League includes Estonia, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, Rhodes, Slovenia, the Soviet Union, Switzerland, and Yugoslavia. And then Yugoslavia contains Albania, Bosnia, Croatia, Montenegro, and Serbia? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that pretty much hit every European country that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe I could write it out on a map a couple other places but yeah i know the early 90s were kicking uh with all joining in mm-hmm. so it's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of countries even even just as the ones that are associated with them you know they're still like an ally essentially um so i mean the basically the entirety of europe excluding like a couple um on, you know, the UK on one end and Turkey on the other end. Um, kind of a big, you know, 
mm-hmm. big superpower going on there, essentially. Yeah. Uh, each European country has its own elections, with the lone exception of the United Kingdom, which remained under martial law after 2001, when a coup led to most of the members of the royal family being killed. Uh, the monarchy crumbling, and a military dictatorship taking power in its absence. Uh, reasons why they are not uh, a member of the of Eurotheater today. Uh, these elections were held for control over local governments, each of whom in turn sent representatives to the EEC. The politicians selected during these elections ultimately handle issues local to their specific country, though truthfully, how to spend their chunk of the EEC tax money seems to be the main priority. And they are held responsible for the smooth running of local day-to-day operations and the control of public services. However, many of these services are outsourced and provided by contracted companies. Finally, the local politicians are responsible for forwarding requests to the EEC for grants and funding. The national governments of a European country are responsible for the taxation and policies that are not covered by the EEC's directives. Many national governments also work hard to push their projects to the EEC in an attempt to attract major developments and contracts in their country. Yeah, this is all the, like, political bullshittery that it's like, I could never deal with being a part of. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I can't even follow politics as an average Joe. You think I could do that as an actual politician? Right. I vote. But it sounds... I vote. I vote every single time, and I pay attention to who I'm voting for. I don't vote by color. I vote by, like, I actually agree with the way that you are... Like your stance on these things, um, but no, it's just too much. Yeah, no. I mean, basically, the idea behind like the, the to give you the gist of it, they have their responsibilities they got to take of take, to to do that they're in charge of. But the main thing everyone's trying to do is push their own agenda. Yeah, That's what it comes down to. It's cyberpunk. I mean, that shit happens in today's world so of course it's going to happen in cyberpunk universe i'd like to think that today's world isn't rammed the same way but unfortunately i'm about to go over some stuff that makes it kind of clear that it is so yep. the european council so the eec is run by a group of representatives in the headquarters of brussels Though, unfortunately for the lower-income countries, the the number of representatives each country has on the council is directly related to the economic wealth of each country, in a ratio of one council member per hundred million euro dollars. It's not based on population. It's not based on land area owned. No. How many dollars do you have? This con- this leaves many countries with far less influence, especially compared to the wealthiest and therefore most influential countries of France, Germany, and Benelux. This seems like the literal worst way to do this. Uh but elections are held to pick representatives every four years in November. Doesn't that sound familiar? Hmm. Also, 
I'm doing a modded run right now. So my V has max eddies. So I'm worth almost nine council members on my own. Yay. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <clears throat> All right. From 2018 to 2022, the council consisted of 536 members who had the ultimate decision-making power in Europe. But also, like, doing the math, 536 members, with each member being representative of $100 million, that's a global wealth of 53600000000 Okay, real current world wealth is four hundred and sixty-three billion five hundred and sixty-seven million, according to Wikipedia. So post corporate war, the world cyberpunk world is still richer than real world right now. Which mind ah money should not money makes the world go around i understand that but it should not drive politics but chin it already does i know it does but that doesn't mean that i have to like it but chin that's how it's always worked hasn't it no no let's go back to george washington days no no I don't know enough about politics but, to really have. But Jin, the the reason the reason they fought that war in the first place is because of all the taxes. So money made the U.S. become its own country. So money has always run politics. Money has always been the driving factor for revolution and for wanting to break out of the oppression that other people have. But I don't think that money should be running politics. It shouldn't matter how many dollars I have in my pocket on whether or not my vote counts. Like, that's voter oppression. Making it difficult for people to get to the polls because they can't take time off of work or else they might lose their job or they might, you know, it's like the their bosses don't give them the time to go out and go to the physical polling locations. That is the bullshit that I want to stop. Voter discrimination or making it so that way our democracy doesn't work the way that it should and can. That's the bullshit that I think that I just heard like a horn. Was that on your end or my end? What the hell? That was my that scared end. scared the shit out of me. Somebody outside, out front. Yeah. No, but if there's any way that we can make it so that way there is equal representation from every single eligible voter, I think that that would be a lot better on so many different levels. It, yeah. I'd just like to say for the record that I agree with Jen. I just had to like, I just had to force the soapbox under. I just wanted to hear it. I just wanted to hear the rant. Toasty likes to get me riled up. Toasty is an antagonist in his heart and soul. And I'm okay with this. Yep. And I like my buttons pushed. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. So, like I said, the world 
this world of cyberpunk is still richer than the real world, which just blows my mind. Within the council, there are also grades of power. The speaker is effectively in charge of the Euro Council, Council, with the last word on all major debates and issues, while also deciding who will speak and when they will speak. The assistant speaker has the power of the speaker in the former's absence. So, like, president, vice president, I guess? I guess so. Yeah. Both the speaker and the assistant speaker are selected by a majority vote from the other members of the council. Where, again, you can sway a country who has 45... (laughs) The leaders of various unofficial voting groups exercise considerable power. Each group has senior members as well as what are known as sprinters, who are usually younger members. I'm not going to rant about politics anymore. We'll see about that. Uh, It it sounds kind of similar to like, um, just kind of like how the U.S. House, like generally just the setup with the Speaker of the House and whatnot. Um, But I guess um, they have the ultimate say, so you can't really like... um, You can't do any of like the funny ridiculous stuff that you can do in our house in order to like stall or whatever sounds like you can't filibuster because the speaker can just be like no 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 you're gonna shut up now it's their turn (laughs) that also means that like they can also say like no you you're only here with like two representatives i'm not giving you any time to speak yeah no this would be like, you know, the minutes you can speak are equivalent to the number of representatives you have. So since you have three, you have three minutes. <laughs> ah, France! Good to see you and your 126 members. Please, <laughs> go on. <laughs> it's probably an exaggeration with only 500-something members, but yeah, I know. <clears throat> uh, so moving on to foreign relations... Uh, The EEC has a fairly solid relationship with most of the world. Relations with the newly reformed USSR have improved greatly since the Cold War era, though much of that relationship is primarily the EEC taking advantage of Eastern European countries for their cheap labor and land. The EEC's relations with North and South America are considerably more sensitive, as Canada is the only country in the region with whom they are on good terms. Mexico is seen as a country prone to constant and violent political swings and is much less stable than Canada. The NUSA is on extremely tense terms with the EEC ever since the Gang of Four waged a propaganda campaign against Europe during the conflicts of the 1990s, in which they used jealousy of the better conditions in Europe to give U.S. citizens someone other than their own government to blame for their misery. When it comes to Asia, the EEC has a normal competitive relationship with the various countries, although Japan remains a big rival of the EEC and has been known to fight against some of its member countries, such as with Germany during the Yin War of 2015. While the EEC attempted to limit the spread of international megacorporations in Europe, Arasaka Europe, a subsidiary 
Arasaka, was nevertheless able to thrive in the European market, as were several other Japanese and Korean corporations. I feel like that kind of makes sense that obviously if we were out here, if the NUSA was out here running propaganda campaigns um, against Europe, that obviously we don't like anybody from over there because the government has told us that they are all bad. And <laughs> so, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but Arasaka Europe, a subsidiary of Arasaka. Oh, okay. But since it's a Japan-based company and so therefore – like their European division would be a subsidiary of the main company. Okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> Did I say that word right? Subsidiary? Is that? Yeah, subsidiary. Okay. Subsidiary. I was like, use. I, I think it really is just like a regional thing because I've always seen that word as subsidiary, but it's the same word. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It was hard when I was saying it. That's all I know. Was I tried to? I was like, what? Please join the Discord and let us know which way it's supposed to be pronounced, Toasty's way or Jen's way. I mean, all of you come tell me that I'm wrong and I'm still going to say it that way just to piss y'all off. <laughs> I'll put subsidiary in every single outline from now on. If it, just every episode is going to have that word That's if people tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> just to piss them off. I can't even pronounce it your way. What, subsidiary? Yeah, it's a subsidiary. Mm. I guess we'll see. I could also go on to Google Translate right now and make it pronounce the word out loud. Yeah, no, who cares about that? That's not fun. (laughs) No, no, it's not. So I had a question. So the Gang of Four, and what the... The FIA, we don't know what the FIA stands for yet, do we? No, we do not. That is a new thing. Do we think that maybe that that's what they turned into? I think so. The FIA, for any of you who are wondering, um, is something that they talked about in the Phantom Liberty expansion trailer uh that was an acronym that we don't have a concrete what that means yet um i'm assuming it's like some sort of like kind of similar to like a bica kind of like he's combining those words together or whatever Mm -hmm. but like i don't know if it's like maybe maybe it's just like something like i don't know It'd be kind of a weird one, but like, I don't know, like the fourth institution of America, like as like they became the gang of four or the gang of four became like an actual like thing. Who really knows? But like, I don't know. It seems like its own like separate like government agency. Yeah. You your know? federal investigation agency makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that it would be the big four getting together to form one because, I mean, like the CIA right now is centralized intelligence agency and their whole thing is focusing on all the countries outside of us and gathering intelligence. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is people who like try to solve the crimes that are federal level crimes or, you know, arresting those people. Uh, what are the, oh, the, um, the, not the NRA. 
the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. And then what's the right, what's the gun one? The Gang of Four. Oh, the NSA. What's, what's, oh, that's a, uh, that's Big Brother, right? People who NSA are NSA is the National Security, Security Agency or something like that. Yeah, like. so the, the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, and the DEA are who formed the Gang of Four. Hmm. So Actually, tell see. us modern day stuff. It doesn't. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, it sounded like your accent was coming back, so I think we need to wrap it up here pretty soon <laughs> before the accents come back full on force. The secret of Tennessee can never be revealed. It's true. He's not actually a Texan. He's from Brussels. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm so sorry to any Brussels listeners. <laughs> God, I couldn't even imagine trying to hold an accent for that long, like doing an entire podcast in, a, in an accent that's not my own. That'd be so difficult. Especially for you, because you've been podcasting for well over a year. I probably do. You could. All right. I think so. Here they're gonna do it. Challenge mode. No, I didn't say I was gonna do it. I just said I. I think probably. Yeah. If like you would like oh, no. to see Don't Toasty post the question go to the universe. Oh. <laughs> yep, I am putting it out there. He opened up the door, and I'm gonna run right through it. Uh Go ahead and comment in the Robots Radio Discord in the Cyberpunk Lorecast channel if you think Toasty can hold an accent for an entire episode. I'll even make it nice, and I'll let you choose the accent of your own choice, and you can pick it. The obvious, the te- It cannot be Texan. It cannot be Southern. I'm going to make it so it's not even an American-type accent, because you can't do that. I want something outside of America. If I can get at least... Hmm. What? 15 people to comment in the discord that they want a toasty accent then we'll make it happen no promise that look i've i've set up an identity here of i don't care what the opinion is so like hey toasty just keep in mind a hundred of you could agree to do it it doesn't mean it's gonna happen because what color is your hair i said they paid me money to do this Okay. That is valid. What we get to we get to Well actually what are we even at? We're at fifteen. Yeah, but how like like how much is money is that? Like Dollar bills, uh let me look. Won't include this part in the episode, obviously. hundred and forty. Cool, we get to 250 on this this bad boy. I'll do an entire episode in an accent. How about that? Alright, you heard it here. If we can get the Patreon up to 250 a month, then that means that Toasty will do an entire episode in an accent. So, that is oh. patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. Let's get it up there, baby. Because I don't think he can do it.
I actually, I can, I 100% think I can. Also, I think it's funny that you tell me that I can't do a Texan or Southern accent when I don't even speak with one. I know that you don't, but it might be easy enough to drop into it because you know very well what that, what that accent sounds like. Do I though? Yeah, because I just heard it right there. Oh God, no. I might not be I might not be able to take this. Uh oh. Uh oh. Abort mission. Abort mission. Uh oh on twitter.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. <laughs> oh, you could also give us a listen over at the Two Girls One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. What else you got going on? Well, if y'all is fans of The Witcher, check out The Witcher Lorecast. We stream that live on Mondays. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we stream that live on um, uh, Mondays at the Robots Radio uh, Twitch channel uh, at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Um, and also check out the Cyber, uh, Cyberpunk Red Actual Play podcast, um, Cyberpunk to Cyberpunk Apostrophe D, that I do with um, the Fumbling Floor and Almighty Crit Gang. And of course, we'd like to give a massive shout out to Miracle of Sound, because they are the amazing artist who has created our intro music and the sound effects that we use for our outro and mid-breaks. So please go find Gav at Miracle of Sound. It is very much appreciated. And while y'all are out there, always remember. Stay safe in that city. What the fuck was that? My question is, what the fuck was yours? Because you started British and did Southern. I was like... I didn't have it in mind. Like, I tried to go British, but then it ended up Southern, and I don't know where it went. I have two. Uh, I was like, heard it shift, and I was like, hmm. Um, I, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.